dad without a dad production. What about a talk show host? <laughs> talk show host, that's good. <laughs> I think I'd be good at that. I talk to people all the time. Someone even told me once they thought I'd be a good talk show host. Really? Yeah, a couple of people. <laughs> How do you get that, though? Where do you start? Well, that's where it gets tricky. You can't just walk into a building and say, I want to be a talk show host. I wouldn't think so. Hey, everybody, and welcome to L.A. Preneurs. That is L.A. Preneurs, a podcast dedicated to entrepreneurship out there. So if you are an entrepreneur, come on by, say hi. My name is Jose de la Roca, and you can follow me at Mr. Jose de la Roca. That is at Mr. Jose de la Roca anywhere. So I became an entrepreneur a couple years ago, and I decided to create this podcast, this platform to bring more entrepreneurs for you to listen, to listen to their journey, to how they're doing it, how they want to do it, how they became a successful entrepreneur, how they just started. Because at the end of the day, we all got to share our stories. So if you're out there and thinking, hmm, I should start a business, you should. I should start writing, you should. You should start a podcast, you should. We're here just to give you some advice and let you know that you too can start your own I guess production company, restaurant, or you could just become a writer like my guest today. And I'm just going to read his Twitter bio because he sent me a a bio through email. But I I was checking out his Twitter and I like his Twitter bio. His Twitter bio says he's just a man trying to find his way in life. He is going to become an archaeologist and he's studying classic Maya period, Mayan period, which is where I come from. I'm Mayan. Uh, Paleothic Enjoyer, University of Albany, 2024. So basically, we have a very smart person in the house today, and he's going to be taking us to school. I always like it when super smart people come by and just talk to this guy. I'm like, well, thanks for stopping by and sharing all you're doing. And he's a writer. So Xavier, Thank you very much for stopping by. Tell us a little, a little bit about yourself. Thanks for having me. Um, so thanks to that you know, great introduction by Jose. So I'm a PhD student studying archaeology at the University of Albany. Um, and I got into it a really long time ago. I wanted to do archaeology as like early back as middle school, really, um, wanting to do both like history and science. And after asking my grandfather about, you know, what career would be good for me someday, that ended up being my uh, place of choice. And I've been sticking, sticking by it ever since. Um, I'm originally from New Jersey, um, but, you know, and I've lived in a couple locations across the U.S. now, but I settled back here in Albany. All right. So I, you know, you and I have been talking uh, through email, and then it's funny because you say you were an archaeologist. And first of all, we connected through Twitter, and I want you to bring you here to promote your book and your stories that you are creating. But when you told me you were an archaeologist, I was like, oh, man, I had so many questions, especially because my son loves dinosaurs. But I, I, I don't know. This is how dumb I am, or I really don't know much about, um, you know, you know, people who go to school and, you know, amazing things that they're doing. So just give us a little example of literally what an archaeologist is, because I feel that I think I'm asking you about dinosaurs and I may be not asking the right question to you. Am I? 
Well, I, I only know as much about uh, dinosaurs as anyone who else has watched Jurassic Park. Uh, right. I study human behavior, uh, most notably through like artifacts and things like that. So um, stone tools, ceramics. Uh, in my case, I get to look at like glyphic writing, like hieroglyphs, texts, you know, that kind of cool stuff. But my research particularly focuses on um, ancient Maya sovereignty within city-states. So what makes a state like its own country its own entity and how is it recognized by other people as opposed to you know the property of another or something else like that pretty cool and you say mayan right yes nice. so are you going to be going to guatemala pretty soon have you been there are you uh, already uh, i haven't been to guatemala but i'm actually going this summer to belize uh that's where my research is centered right now but i'm helping my professor out on a site uh, known as san estevan it was a city-state Nice. So basically, Guatemala is like the capital of the Mayan culture. Uh, I don't know if you guys, you guys cannot see me, but basically, I'm super brown and super, like my hair is so black. And I always tell people, literally, this is what a Mayan is: the super brown skin and super thick black hair. So I'm literally Mayan. That's uh, in my country, we have so many like German influences and everything. But I'm literally like a hundred percent. You see my face, and then I tell them from I'm from Guatemala and you're like yeah you're Mayan <laughs> but anyway that's pretty cool man I mean thank you archaeologist is it's a and you say you knew you wanted to be an archaeologist since you were a little kid that's mm -hmm. look one of the things that I, I always tell people uh in this podcast that one of the I have a lot of advices to young people like for example if they want to go to school they should get out of their city uh go explore for example if you're right there in New Jersey go to I guess Arizona or uh, go to like yeah. uh, like LA. I actually went to school in Arizona. Well, there you go. Well. Uh, I always tell mm -hmm. people, let's, you know, I'm an immigrant and I wish I could have done that, right? My circumstances were different and stuff like that. But uh, for example, I want my son to, he's going to live in LA and he's been, you know, going to experience the city life like any other kid here in LA. But I want him to go to, to like, Connecticut or Kansas, you know what I mean? To like experience life in another type. I want them to experience life. I always tell young people, go and experience life somewhere else. And I also tell people that are young that the earliest you know what you want to do in life, the better. And it doesn't mean that has to be like a doctor or archaeologist or audio engineer because it doesn't matter what you do as long as you is what you want to do, right? Like one of the most, I think, gifts that I guess you had and most people that know what they want is that they actually know what they want from a young age because like me, my, my story is different, right? I, I was an immigrant, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, until like a couple of years ago, I still didn't know what I wanted to do. And that's just kind of wasting basically life. So, that's very cool that you knew what you wanted to do in life and you're doing it. So first of all, congratulations. And so tell us, you Thank just you. wanted to be an archaeologist? Mm -hmm. uh, I've done like quite a bit of work um, over the couple of years now. Like I started, like I got my first real start in archaeology um, in New Jersey. I was working at the James Still Memorial Center, uh, helping out with the with uh, research for another archaeologist working on his dissertation. Um, and it was fun. I really got to help out, um, because it was even better because the family that we were, um, digging the site for, they, they lived there and they also were helping on the project and really being able to see like their actual 
family history, you know, shown the way they want it to be presented. And, you know, it means a lot. And that's pretty cool because imagine just being a little kid and say, hey, I want to be this one day. And now you're doing it. Like one of the things that I'm very proud of my niece is like she from being, you know, little, she wanted to be a dentist. And now that she's mm -hmm. almost, a, you know, she's a teen now, she still wants to be a dentist. So I'm very happy for her that she knows what she wants to do, because that's a that's an advantage I didn't have in most, you know, young people. Uh, you are young, but I mean, younger people don't know what they're doing. Like I have a couple of nephews. I still don't know what they're going to do. And um, for me, it's just a waste of youth because I feel that, you know, you like you, you're young and you're doing what you want. And by the time you're my age, you have a wonderful wife, kids, house or whatever you want to do. And then you'll be enjoying life. Not like me, you know. <laughs> but anyway, so tell us a little bit about this book that you have and how did it start? It? I mean, you're becoming an archaeologist and one day you just decided to start writing or how did that happen uh all right so i was kind of like writing on and off like as early as high school but my high school writing isn't that great <laughs> sorry to those who had to listen to it early but you helped me out um i would say that like so the book uh, i'm here to talk about now is called jesus journey and uh, i started it really about like last year um And it kind of came as a result of me wanting to write something in the past. I, I'm, of course, I love the past. It's my whole career. But I wanted to, I was really focused on like the origins of humanity, particularly. And I watched actually a PBS Eons video a long time ago. And it talked about when humans met other humans. And I thought, this is interesting. So I did some like research and the time period of which I'm writing, which is the middle Paleolithic, Um, so that's about 120,000 years ago. It's when I centered um, when it starts. There are about verifiably like seven different types of people that would have been living in the world at some point, which is crazy to think about when you know how like diverse we are to now. Imagine that, but with other like different species of people who had like their own, you know, probably their own cultural traditions, their own tool technologies, all this other stuff that would have been involved within that baking, you know, melting pot and seeing like how these groups would have interacted with each other. And because like we can see in our own DNA that we met up with like Neanderthals and Denisovans and other, you know, groups that kind of make this soup that we are now. Oh, that's pretty cool. And yeah. then uh, like, yeah. so where could people find the book? Just, just to throw it out there. Uh, so it's still a work in progress, but um, I do post updates on my Twitter And for those who are a little more online, I have a Discord server where I do post uh, the occasional sample piece for people to look at. Uh, it's also just a nice place to talk and, you know, get to learn more about the characters and stuff like that. Um, more reachable as well that way, too. That's pretty cool that you said that your the past is like, uh, uh, it is your career, right? Like, the past mm -hmm. is what you do. Uh, a couple things that you want to tell us that probably we didn't know about the past and people may not know or things that maybe we're getting it confused <laughs> um I, i i can relate that too to how like why i chose to write the book um one of the things that i noticed just like as someone who likes you know watching media and things like that too i noticed that we have a lot of like advancements that we learned about the past but it doesn't really get like represented much in public media all that much like when people think of you know cavemen and cave women you know cave people in general They think, you know, slow, stupid, dumb. 
but like more and more evidence shows that they learned how to use sailing and they learned how to you know like knit intricate clothing with like thread and string and other you know like traditional knowledge that you know is, has been lost because it's just not needed as much anymore like i was thinking about the other day about um the amount of plants for example that are within like a, a rainforest right and a lot of people will be living in these rainforests and stuff at this time think of all the plants you know that would be around that easily could kill you or be used for food. And if you dropped me in the middle of that rainforest, I would last maybe about five minutes before I ate something <laughs> that was, you know, not correct. But these people, like, they had to know it. Like, this is just, like, basic knowledge that everybody knew. And I think focusing, like, on their inherent humanness is something I really wanted to do. Because um, in the book, I, I focus on ma four main distinct human cultures and how uh, they have their own different belief systems, values, and how that all kind of coalesces when they interact with each other. And who are, so uh, who are the four that you focus on? Uh, so the, four, the first one, uh, and this is the, the oldest one, is the Homo erectus group. Um, then we have Neanderthals, then we have Denisovans, and then lastly we have modern humans. So you and I. What's up guys, Jose de la Roca here, and I'm happy to announce that I have partnered up with Live Bearded to share with you all the amazing products that make my beard feel and look this good. So go check them out online at livebearded.com and use my promo code de la Roca to get 10% off your order. Go check those guys out because they're amazing bearded guys just like I am, and they only have one mission, for the beard men to look, feel, and be their best. So go check them out online at livebearded.com and use my promo code DELAROCA to get 10% off your order. That is DELAROCA, D-E-L-A-R-O-C-A. -E there you go. And, mm -hmm. oh, that's pretty cool, man. Like, that's a, lot of, that's a lot of research for you. I mean, it must take a lot of patience and stuff like that. Yeah, to do uh, that. the research process took me about, I want to say, at least a good six months before I really felt comfortable digging into, you know, getting everything together, even though like there's like for some examples, like the Nice events, we do not have as much research as I would like. So I kind of had to make some things up, but it fits, I think, with what I wanted to establish with that culture and how to like really build the world that way. And now as your profession and as your writing, really, can you just like describe to like normal people like me, how do you guys literally, uh, I guess, do your research? Because I cannot just go to Wikipedia or the library and be like, all right, let me see what happened 203,000 years ago. So mm -hmm. literally, like, you just study the Earth? or I mean, literally explain to us how do you, how do you guys do your research for thousands and thousands of years ago? Well, I guess the main thing that you kind of start with is just, you know, what do you want to answer your, your question and what can be, you know, answered given on what you can find. Like, at least in my case, I study more recent history where like I have people who wrote things down about what they were thinking and how they felt about things. I can't um, ascertain what one person was thinking, you know, from like a pottery shirt, but I can say that, okay, this person valued art in some way, maybe or that they had some kind of talent to make this object. And I can kind of look at the, the behavior that comes from that object and kind of weave my way into thinking, okay, 
what can I answer with these things here? For stuff that's far, that's really, really far back, um, a lot of it really is kind of structuring like how much of the behavior that we have today would have also existed back then. Um, and some of the things that we have back then are quite interesting. Um, one example is the idea of in the past, people were cruel and heartless and, you know, this, that, and the third. And of course, you know, while morals of the past are different than today, you can actually find, and there's been evidence for this as well, that like Neanderthals, for example, took care of their sick and elderly, even up to, you know, advanced age. Like I'm talking like almost 60 years old, you know, like these people had obvious injuries on their bones that would have been debilitating without a hospital today, but they managed to live to old age because people cared for them and supported them. Nice. And then, um, so when you start doing all that research and, and, you know, I guess digging the past, do you like collaborate with like scientists just to make sure you're, you're, I guess, doing things right? Because for example, like if you're digging in like, I don't know, caves and things like that, again, I, I don't know anything. So if I sound stupid, forgive me, but you know, like know. if you're digging a cave and trying to study one of the cultures you're studying and want to make sense of something and you need to find out if this material that is right here is something to make sure that your thesis is right do you send it to a, a scientist and be like hey is this for real and then you they send it back and then you say yes and then you're like oh okay so we're right is that something that you guys do oh totally um there is there is a ton of cross like discipline research that goes into archaeology um, geologists, for example, if you're looking at stone tools, you can see what kind of material they were using. Um, biologists to see what kind of animal species would have been around back then. Uh, we kind of have a blend of that called zooarchaeology, where we look at animal bones associated with like where humans were living. And we can see like where these animals were being processed and how they were used. Like, were they pets? Were they being raised for food? You know, things like that, too. Um, but we can also send stuff to like the huge, huge chemical labs and they can tell us all the interesting stuff about like, how many molecules are in this of what element this is. And so we can tell, are they trading for it? Because if it's not in their native area, they got to get it from somewhere. Or are they moving and sending people out to go and grab these things? That's mind blowing. I mean, if you think about it, right? Like mm -hmm. I have a, I have a couple of friends that are geologists. I hope that I'm, saying it right again it's way above my pay grade uh but she is literally research was she's now a teacher in a big uh, uh university in england but um they were researching uh i forgot what it was but literally uh it they were show this little seed things i forgot the name they were showing how the heat of of the earth has changed over the years and how everything has moved and why things had happened. They also they explained me how the, the Gulf of Mexico, that's where the meteor hit and how that's why the, uh, the dinosaurs were extinct and stuff like that. So it's just incredible how like, you know, like it's funny to like just meet somebody like you and then uh, boom, you're an archaeologist and you have all this knowledge and those incredible things that you guys do. And people really don't pay attention because I'm always like, you know, think I always tell people like at the moment I'm all for like nurses and doctors and scientists because they literally fucking save the world. But oh, yeah, yeah, there's there's my all mom's this. a nurse. Believe me, I understand. <laughs> Your dad is a nurse. My mom is. Well, 
Tell her next time I sell. I, I next time you see her, tell her that this short Guatemalan tells her thank you very much for everything that she did or is doing or has mm -hmm. done. And for me, I will always be grateful for nurses, doctors, and scientists until I die for what they have done. And you know, it's, it's social media. They put you know the like the spotlight to something else, and I'm just here trying to. You know, tell like scientists and doctors and nurses who are like, and now, you know, army people <laughs> uh, are protecting us and, you know, save the world. So it's just incredible to meet somebody like you and, you know, to learn that there's actually people doing great, amazing things and doing research Thank and you. everything. And, uh, uh, you know, the I'm guessing your book is going to be great. And when you have it done, where could people find you? Do you have a website, just your Twitter? Uh, well, Right now, I'm also through Twitter. I do have an Instagram as well. I don't post as much on there, but if you want to, I guess, follow more personal stuff, go right ahead. But my main news for G's Journey is going to be distributed both through um, Twitter and Discord. And I've also got something nice in the works a little later that'll be on YouTube. And so, what's your Twitter account? Uh, my Twitter account is at Z-A-Y underscore Z-Y-X-W-V. Tell me again. At Z-A-Y underscore Z-Y-W-X-V. Now, before I let you go, tell me a little bit about my culture. What's up with the Mayans? Did they really disappear? Did the aliens came back and like, uh, like took my people? And then why am I still here and still look like them? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, obviously, I'm not, I'm not the, you know, huge authority on it. But I can at least say, you know, for the limited amount of knowledge I have, um, there is this, you know, there apparently like is this, this big stereotype that the Mayans all just gradually disappeared for some reason. And that's that's just simply not the case. Like there's the period of time I study, which is the Maya classic period, like focuses on the bigger, you know, Maya states and things like that that would have existed back then. But even so, after these, you know, collapses and I put in giant quotation marks here, they just moved to other places. They they lived out and they were still, you know, being part of that, you know population um and they also wrote things down like they like wrote about you know encounters with the spanish other indigenous groups and things like that too that they would have seen and experienced um so the, the for all my listeners all out there you know the maya did not just magically die off no they are clearly as you can just hear right now here in the flesh uh they just went to do different things <laughs> Yeah, and if you if you go to Guatemala, there's uh, Guatemala is beautiful. Of course, the government's not beautiful, but you know the whole country is beautiful. It has one of the most uh, active volcanoes. I think it's number seven. Uh, I used to call the 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 breather of the Americas because it has so much nature. It has it produces the best banana, sugar, uh, beer, and uh, rum. Uh, and the culture of the Mayans, it's if you if you want to know what Guatemala used to be like, just like the United States used to be a little bit of Mexico. Mexico used to be, you know, here, California and stuff like that. Same thing happened with Guatemala. If you, Guatemala used to be Cancun and all that stuff. So whatever the Mayans are, that's what Guatemala used to be back in the days. Uh, but um, are you excited to ever one day go to, uh, you know, uh, uh, Petén and Isabel and all that stuff? Because it's so much... It's. I was watching this documentary. By the way, we're talking so much about Guatemala. That's something I actually never do. I'm not one of those like, 
oh, Guatemala's the best. Like my mom, I'm like, actually not. Nah, don't. I'm I'm USA, baby, USA. But um, you know, you're talking about my my culture past, so you know that's why I'm putting Guatemala on the map today. But um, I was watching this documentary how they still trying to find some some clues of what happened or how their civilization was like one of the most pioneer at their time and it collapsed out of nowhere and they're still trying to find clues that there may be under the big pyramids and stuff like that. Are you ever excited just to go there and maybe find out a little bit more secrets and stuff like that? Oh, I mean, I totally can't wait to, you know, like really be within my field and like really in my element. I need to work on my Spanish. Not very good. Um, but like the big thing we've been finding is a lot of advancements using LIDAR. I don't know if you know what LIDAR is, but you know, for the new listeners who don't, I'll just explain real quick. Giant airplane launches huge, basically, uh, beams of light that reflect and they build a 3d image that the, like the program can recognize. And you can basically look through all the depth and it cuts through foliage, like no one's business. So you can see huge areas without having to clear land and other things like that so you can know the extent of a site how large it is and it's really helpful for very very old things too like when i was doing research for the book um, one of the things that i read about was trying to find like where people would have made campsites hundreds of thousands of years ago at this point these would be buried under you know huge buildings or parking lots or things like that but uh, using LIDAR, you can essentially just skip all of that and you can scan through everything else that would be, you know, present if it's like on natural ground, for example. And you can find all the stuff like the hearths, the piles of stone that would have been chopped off for making tools, uh, huge kill sites that would have been like where a mammoth died and they left the body there for it to rot and sink in the ground. Um, I think okay, one of the things that I think is super fascinating is up north like in the like the great north like near russia like siberia alaska there is you know a ton of permafrost and unfortunately with global warming that's starting to melt but it also reveals all of these ancient animals that had died you know however long ago and you can actually like see them. like they still have like skin on them and hair and things like that and you know that just kind of makes it so much more real uh, for someone like me, but also for anyone else as well, because like the time period I'm writing about, it's it is long ago. Like it is 120,000 years ago. That is a long time, but it's not that, you know. Let me tell you about Peanut Crunch. These baked peanuts puffs are so delicious. My son and I cannot stop eating them. Seriously, we cannot stop. Peanut Crunch are a delicious and healthy peanut treat. They have the power of vegan peanut protein, rice, beans, and a wonderful crunch that keeps active kids and adults on the go. I came across Peanut Crunch when I was watching Shark Tank, and I just decided to help out a fellow Central American entrepreneur and buy his product. So I decided to get it, and when I got them, I found out how delicious these baked peanut puffs were, and I became hooked ever since. Go check them out at pnuff.com. That is P-N-U-F-F.com. P-N-U-F-F.com. And use my promo code De La Roca and you will get 10% off your order. I'm telling you guys, I cannot stop eating this great baked peanut puffs. Peanut Crunch. P-N-U-F-F.com. That is P-N-U-F-F. 
F.com, promo code de la roca. I mean, yeah, it's like uh, my my two friends who I had to come back, uh, who I have to uh, had them talk to my son because I'm a goof. I'm I'm literally a dad, but I'm just a goof. And uh, my my son is in love with dinosaurs. He has a book where he learns about dinosaurs and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, how he knows that there was a meteor that, you know, almost uh, that's one of the possibilities that how dinosaurs got extinct or, you know, you know, the sun was uh, covered and that's what happens. But, you know, I'm a goof. I'm always like, oh, you know, they ate each other and things like that. But in the book, it says how, like, some dinosaurs never met each other because, They were the distance between their species is like millions and millions and millions years. So you're right. 120,000 years to what Earth is, is literally nothing, right? You know, so it's like dinosaurs live for five million years and then a new dinosaur came by that never saw the other dinosaur. So, you know, what you say is right. And, you know, it's funny because like, I was watching this uh, documentary and how like they're trying to see how everything happened with the Mayan culture and you know if any Star Wars Star Wars geeks are out there, uh, you could see the Mayans uh, pyramids in Star Wars. Uh, Star Wars number well, actually number three back in the days, which is uh, what is it? Uh, six, seven? No, no, uh, six. There you go. So it's number six. Uh, and you can see the pyramids, uh, the Mayan pyramids right there. But it's a it's a wonderful place if you, anybody wants to go. It's just all the history and everything. And they're still trying to find out what happened because in, in all those, you know, pyramids and stuff like that are connected to each other. And the geometry and the math and everything that they do, it's amazing. I mean, you tell me. I don't know if I'm crazy, but you're the one studying all that stuff. So I think it's a wonderful culture and I am a Mayan, because as you could tell, as you said it, it literally looked like one of them. But uh, I just want to say thanks very much for stopping by. And it's an amazing, you know, pleasure to meet you. And you're doing wonderful things, man. Thanks a lot. Thank you. It's great to meet you as well. <laughs> and before we go, where could people uh, go find you and check you out and just say what's up? Thanks for doing what you're doing. Yes, please. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. Once again, it's at Z-A-Y underscore Z-Y-X-W-V. And, you know, if anybody's listening and wants to do something amazing like you're doing, do you have any, you know, advice or, you know, if if little you was listening and he's trying to become an archaeologist, any advice you will give yourself back in the days? Um, hmm, I would say probably get more rest. <laughs> That honestly is is the key. I am a notoriously terrible sleeper. Any of my friends who are listening to this will understand that 100%. Uh, definitely just get some rest and just kind of, you know, center yourself a bit more. Like I would say to myself, you know, don't stress over, you know, the little things because the big things will keep you worried. <laughs> Especially now, trust me, I have learned to let go of little things and just focus on your day-to-day -day life and focus on your loved ones. So that's great advice, man. Thank you very much for stopping by. Uh, you guys have been listening to LA Preneurs and you guys could follow me anywhere at Mr. Jose de la Roca. That is at Mr. Jose de la Roca. Until next time, goodbye.